Welcome to the radio broadcast of Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church with pastor and teacher, Reverend Randale Kane Jr. Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church is located at 101 North Donleith Avenue in Winston-Salem. Please sit back and enjoy this message already in progress. Beloved, the title of today's message is Rebuilding the Walls, Part 1. Pray. Pray. Beloved, for those of us who have not retired from formal employment, Tomorrow morning, Monday morning, is a day that we go to work. Beat the proverbial mule, meet the existential real man, head to our job, be on our grind. In this first chapter of the book of the prophet Nehemiah, we find Nehemiah on his grind, on his job, serving the king, doing what he was supposed to do, as Nehemiah 1 and 1 reveals the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. And it came to pass in the month of Chislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace. Nehemiah was doing what he was supposed to be doing, and then life interrupted him. Like when you are on your job and you get that call, that email, that text, that direct message from somebody who you are not trying to avoid. And I do stress that because some of y'all, some people call y'all, reach out to y'all, y'all won't respond. That's the pastor saying, I call, reach out to some of y'all, some of y'all don't respond. <laughs> but for those of you not avoiding, the message comes in and you pick it up. For Nehemiah, he did not have the blessed benefit or possibly the time-consuming or time-wasting curse of social media. But he did have friends, and some of his friends dropped by the palace where he served the king as the cupbearer. For Nehemiah 1 and 2 tells us that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah. Now, when some people show up, call you, text you, email you, or direct message you, who you've not heard from in a while, you normally go through the list of people, places, and things that bind you together, how you're connected, amen. And you want to catch up on how things have been going if you haven't been with them in a while. You want to hear about what's been going on, amen. Beloved, Nehemiah wanted to catch up as Nehemiah 1 and 2 continued, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity. And concerning Jerusalem. Beloved, have you ever asked somebody how things were going? And after you asked them, and after they answered, you wish that you had not asked them at all? Have you ever asked somebody how things are going, and then they tell you about everyone who is sick, dying, or dead? Have you, have you ever asked somebody how things are going and they tell you about who lost a job, whose company failed, and who's fallen on hard times? Have you ever asked somebody how things are going and then they tell you who is not speaking to who, who just broke up, and who just got separated and appeared to be headed for divorce? Beloved, have you ever asked somebody how things are going? And after you asked them and after they answered, you wish that you would not ask them at all. You see, Hanani and the men of Judah told Nehemiah in Nehemiah 1 and 3, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction. Nehemiah did not want to hear that. And reproach. Nehemiah did not want to hear that. The wall of Jerusalem also was broken down. Nehemiah did not want to hear that. 
And the gates thereof are burned with fire. Nehemiah did not want to hear that. Nehemiah had asked how things are going and learned that things were going bad, 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 and getting worse. How is grandma doing? Well, grandma's doing bad and getting worse. How is the job going? The job is going bad and getting worse. How's the marriage going? The marriage is going bad and getting worse. I asked you how things are going in your health and your wealth and in your relationships. You told me that things are bad and getting worse because your walls are broken down and your gates are burning in your health, in your wealth, and in your relationships. Now, beloved, what are you supposed to do with that? You wish you were not asked, but you ask, and now what are you supposed to do with that? You get on the phone because somebody on the other end always has something to say. Some people do that. You put a post on Facebook or Instagram because somebody on the other end always has something to say. Some people do that. You send out an email or text chain because somebody on the other end always has something to say. Some people do that. What are you supposed to do with that news that nobody would want to get about their or their loved one's health, about their or their loved one's wealth, about their or their loved one's relationships, and in the case of Nehemiah, about Nehemiah's people and about Nehemiah's people's land? What are you supposed to do with that? I don't know. This is a Baptist church call and response. I love it. Somebody act like you got a pulse up in the place. What was Nehemiah supposed to do with that? In Nehemiah 1 and 4, Nehemiah responded. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Beloved, basically in this grievous situation, a situation deserving of some shape, form, and fashion of grief, Nehemiah went through five stages of grief. Five stages. First, beloved, life as it was stopped for him. Second, as his mind replayed the words with the images in his mind of what had been said, he cried. He cried because, beloved, sometimes real men cry. Third, he mourned, meaning that he was emotionally spent, wondering how all of this could befall God's chosen people. You're supposed to be a Christian. How could this happen to you? Now, beloved, as I said, Nehemiah went through five stages of grief. But, beloved, some people stop right there at step three. Get stuck right there at step three. Cease to live anywhere else other than step three in a state of mourning, spiraling lower and lower 
in the midst of their emotions as depression seeps in to their consciousness as an alternative to any hope that the situation can get any better. That's why I told you, be present with each other. Pray for each other because depression can sometimes step in when nobody else does. You see, beloved, Nehemiah didn't get stuck there. He did not get stuck at step three. He didn't cease to live anywhere else other than step three. He see, Nehemiah believed that there was still hope. And so Nehemiah continued through the next two stages of dealing with his grief. He didn't get stuck at step three. You see, at step four, he fasted. Not to lose weight or for any other medicinal purposes, but he fasted to deal with the real weight of his and his people's situations and circumstances. He physically denied himself to get spiritually, emotionally, and mentally closer to God. The one who Nehemiah knew was the source of all of his resources, his light in the midst of darkness, his hope in a hopeless situation. Beloved, I encourage you to avoid getting stuck in stage three of your grief, but keep on looking for something else. Keep on looking somewhere else and keep on looking for someone else. And after you have looked to something else, I hope that you will find what you are truly looking for. And what I mean is, after you have looked somewhere else, I hope that you can find what you are truly looking for. What I mean is, after you have looked for someone else, I hope that you can find what you are truly looking for. I hope you understand, beloved, because what you are truly looking for is God. What you're truly looking for is God. It is God. Nehemiah knew that in his situation, he needed God. And so Nehemiah entered into the fifth and final stage of dealing with his grief. He prayed. He prayed. He prayed before the God of heaven. Beloved, what is prayer? Simply stated, prayer is communication with God. Amen. Prayer is you speaking to God and you listening to God. Amen. Beloved, there are different types of prayer. Beloved, there's the prayer of adoration and blessing of God. Let me help you. Not sinful you. Beloved, there's the prayer of contrition and repentance to God because of sinful you. Beloved, there's the prayer of thanksgiving and gratefulness for God towards sinful you. And then, beloved, there is the prayer of supplication, petition, and intercession as you ask of God to help <laughs> sinful you. And, beloved, when you pray and pray right, your prayers will often consist of each of these types of prayers. Prayers for sinful you and prayers for sinful others around you. Don't get quiet when I say sinful. When you know you're full of sin. I ain't stating nothing but facts. You see, beloved, in this final stage of him dealing with his grief, Nehemiah prayed. He prayed. In Nehemiah 1 and 5, he started with a prayer of adoration and blessing and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Beloved, how often do you fall down on your knees? to just appreciate God for being God. 
How often do you do that? No additional agenda. Just adoration and blessing for God being God. You see, beloved, when you approach God the right way, with a spirit of humility, God will turn towards you. For James 4 and 6 instructs us, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And beloved, in this moment, Nehemiah needed the grace of God. And because he came to God at a point of need, he continued with his prayer in contrition and repentance for himself and his people. In Nehemiah 1 and 6, let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night. For the children of Israel, thy servants, and hear this, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We want God to bless America. Maybe America need to confess to God. You want God to bless your house. Maybe you need to start confessing in your house. You want God to bless the church. Maybe the church need to confess. You see, beloved, how often have you prayed for the saving of the souls of sinners while neglecting to pray for who? Skipping right over, ignoring the obvious fact that you also need to pray for your own sinful soul. <laughs> Nehemiah recognized the sinfulness of Israel, and then he included himself in the sinful number himself and his family. Beloved, how honest are you with yourself about your sins? And how honest are you with God about your sins? You see, beloved, in John 8 and 32, Jesus, our Savior and Lord, said, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Beloved, <laughs> How free do you want to be? It may be revealed in honest prayer if you're willing to be honest with God regarding your sins. You see, beloved, Jesus continued in 8, John 8, 34 through 36, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever. But the Son abideth ever. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Again, beloved, I ask, how free do you want to be? Nehemiah wanted freedom for himself and freedom for his people. So Nehemiah had to be honest with God and he came to God humbly in contrition and repentance. And being honest, Nehemiah confessed in Nehemiah 1 and 7, we have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments nor the statutes nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. And beloved, because Nehemiah knew the word of God, he owned his sinfulness. 
and the sinfulness of his people by continuing in Nehemiah 1 and 8. Remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. Beloved, how often have you gone to God and told God that you sinned? That you knew that you would sin? And that God had only done to you what you deserved. Beloved, have you ever gone to God and confessed like King David confessed in Psalm 51 and 4 against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. God, it ain't you. That's a problem. It's me. It's me. It's me. Beloved, Nehemiah made it plain that his people, God's people, were exactly where they deserved to be. But, somebody say but. But, somebody say but. But, somebody say but. But he was not through praying. Beloved, if confession, contrition, and repentance only led you to feeling bad for doing bad, no one would confess. Perhaps, beloved, that is why <laughs> some people will not confess their sins and instead hold on to their shameful sins and painful sins rather than releasing all to God, giving all to God, surrendering all to God. They may not actually believe that they will be forgiven by God, reached by God, redeemed by God, reconciled by God, received by God, and restored by God. But beloved, Nehemiah knew better. Thank you, Lord. And so Nehemiah kept praying, thank you, Lord. In Nehemiah 1 and 9, but, somebody say but, if ye turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, Though there were of you cast unto the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Beloved, if you will dare to come to church, you might get your name on the church roll. Some people satisfy with that. But beloved, God has more for you than that. Beloved, if you will dare to do church, you might get your name on the roster for a ministry committee or auxiliary. Some people are satisfied with that. But beloved, God has more for you than that. But beloved, if you will dare, and this is a dare, this is a, a, a double dare, this is a playground triple quadruple dare. If you will dare to become church and not just come to church, but be church and not just do church, but be church, then you will find that you are not so far from God, not too far from God. And God will forgive you. God will reach you. God will redeem you. God will reconcile you. God will receive you. And God will restore you. Beloved, as a child of God, it does not get any better than that. And you should not be satisfied with anything less than that. Beloved, when Nehemiah began his prayer to God, that was what he was aiming for. <laughs> nothing more and nothing less. 
Now, beloved, when you know someone really well, then you can say some things to them that other people will be shocked to hear you say until they understand the nature of your relationship with them. Amen. Your mother or father can say something to you in a certain tone or tenor, and it will take you back to when you was a little child. Even if you are a 30, 40, 50, 60, 70-year-old adult. And when they say that thing to you in that tone or tenor, you respond with respect because of the nature of your relationship. Your husband or your wife can say something to you that might seem out of pocket, off the cuff, not particularly nice in the eyes and ears of other people. And you look back at them with respect because of the nature of your relationship and you stand down with respect because of the nature of your relationship your best friend can call you on something in a way that no one else can call you on because they know you that you yes that real you that back in the day you that who you used to be that they know very well because they were back in the day with you you and when they call you on that thing with respect, you know that they are right because of the nature of your relationship. Beloved, Nehemiah, as he continued to pray, and because of his relationship with God, called on God to remind God in an authoritative manner, in a thankful manner, in a grateful manner that revealed that while he had reverential fear of God, he was not afraid to openly and honestly go to God. So he went to God and prayed in Nehemiah 1 and 10. Now God, these are thy servants, and these are thy people, whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power, and by thy strong hand. Beloved, how close are you to God? Beloved, do you know what God has done for you? Beloved, do you know that because of what God has done for you, that God has also made some promises to you? Beloved, do you have confidence in going to God? Beloved, I always encourage you to go into the Word of God because when you go into the Word of God, you will find out how and why you are to go to God, especially in your time of need. For Hebrews 4 and 16 tells us, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Beloved, do you come boldly before God to obtain mercy and to find grace to help you in your time of need? Beloved, as a child of God, you should. As a believer and follower of God, Nehemiah did. And after praying a prayer of adoration and blessing of God, after praying a prayer of contrition and repentance to God, after praying a prayer of thanksgiving and gratefulness because of God, Nehemiah now prayed a prayer of supplication, petition, and intercession unto God because Nehemiah knew that for all that he had heard, the only one who could help Nehemiah, the only one who could help his people, and the only one who could rebuild the walls of Jerusalem was God.
was God. And so, beloved, in Nehemiah 1 and 11, he prayed, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name. And prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. Beloved, Nehemiah prayed to God because all of his trust was in God. Beloved, Nehemiah prayed to God on behalf of his people because he knew that all of his people's trust needed to be in God. Beloved, Nehemiah prayed to God to help him because he knew that he was a lowly cupbearer, a foreign servant to a king in a foreign land who had no more power or authority except what the king allowed him to have. Beloved, Nehemiah prayed to God because everything around him told him that what he needed for God to do was beyond Nehemiah, beyond Nehemiah's people. Beyond anyone or anything, anyone or anything other than God. Beloved, do you pray to God like that for yourself? Over the impossibilities in your health, your wealth, and your relationships? Beloved, do you pray to God like that for your loved ones? Over the impossibilities in their health, in their wealth, in their relationships? Beloved, do you pray to God like that because you know that you are just a pilgrim passing through this foreign land until the time that God calls you to the other side of glory? Beloved, do you pray to God like that because there are some things in your life that are beyond you, beyond your loved ones, beyond anyone or anything, beyond anyone or anything other than God? Beloved, do you pray to God like that which reveals your belief in Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Beloved, do you pray to God like that because you know in your mind, because you know in your heart, because you know in your spirit that it is time to rebuild the wall? your physical walls that have been torn down, your mental walls that have been torn down, your emotional walls that have been torn down, your spiritual walls that have been torn down, the walls in your health, the walls in your wealth, the walls in your relationships. Beloved, what news has reached your ears like that which reached Nehemiah's ears? And beloved, you know that something needs to change. Beloved, have you prayed? Beloved, have you prayed like Nehemiah prayed? Beloved, if your walls are broken down and your gates are burning in your health, in your wealth, and in your relationships, then it's time to pray. Beloved, it's time to rebuild the walls. Beloved, it's time to pray. So, beloved, pray. Pray. Pray like Nehemiah prayed. And by the power of God, expect to rebuild the wall. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church radio broadcast with Rev. Randall Kane Jr. It is our prayer that this message inspires you to further your walk with Christ. For more information about Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church, go to our website, zmmbc.net, or call 336-725-7390. We live stream our services on our Facebook page. Just search for Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church page. Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church is located at 101 North Dunleith Avenue in Winston-Salem. Be blessed and continue to further your walk with Christ.